Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for November 20th, 2019. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends to raise up a government of people who shall rule with him at the end of time. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you once more to like our page, to share these videos with your family and friends. I also want to ask you to support us by going to our website, www.templeoftruth.us, or to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple, where you'll be able to support us with a monthly donation. Also, if you are on Facebook, you can look for our handle on Facebook, Emerging Temple. And at Emerging Temple, you're able to converse with us to um, put in questions, which we'll be more than glad to respond. Also, if you have a notification bell or an icon at the bottom of your screen here, I'd like you to hit it so that anytime we upload new videos, you can get notifications and also subscribe. So you can also be notified anytime we upload new videos. Okay, today we want to continue in the trend that we have been in for the last few days. We began talking about the, um, the, the two Jerusalems, um, the heavenly Jerusalem and the earthly Jerusalem. We talked about the temple um, of God being the body of Christ. And yesterday, we began to discuss um, the, the end times and what awaits um, each, each soul at the end of this journey in which we live. And we talked about um, the bottomless pit as, uh, as it correlates to what just referred to as the outer darkness. We, referred, we, we considered that to be distinct from what the scripture referred to as hell or Hades. We also described a third dimension of suffering, which we called uh, the lake of fire. And we said hell is not the lake of fire um, because when the man that was in hell spoke, he made us see that the flames were within him because he wanted um, water dipped upon his tongue. We said that water was Christ. Um, like Jesus had told the woman at the well, that um, whoever drinks natural water will thirst again, or whoever drinks the water he gives will never be thirsty. And we show that when you receive Christ, when you receive Jesus, that you receive that water, and you can no longer thirst for eternity, that you'll be satisfied for eternity. So today, we want to go a bit further, talking about this heavenly Jerusalem, this, this temple of God that um, is going to be manifest here on earth. And we remember we said it's not a physical building. We said it's a, it's a group of people carrying the presence of God. Okay? So before I go any further, I want us to read. Today we're going to do some Bible study. I'm going to read from the book of the Revelation, the 21st chapter. So if you have your Bibles, I would like you to open to Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to do some, you know, long study of it, um, a long reading of it. But along the way, I'm going to try to explain it, break it down, in a way that we can, you know, we can comprehend. All right. So let's go to Revelation chapter 20. We're going to begin from verse 1. Revelation chapter 21 from verse 1. And this is after the thousand years is over. Okay. Yes, you need to see yesterday's video. If, if you did not, please look, go watch that before you come study this or before you come watch this so you can have a context of what you're looking at. Okay. So yesterday we said that there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ. And after that, Satan shall be loosed for a while to deceive those who are here on earth, uh, to rebel against us, who God would have put in charge of the world. And then after that, 
God himself will come and establish the great white throne judgment and then will usher in the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, so verse 1 of chapter 21, Revelation 21 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Coming down from God out of heaven. So Jerusalem is not heaven. Jerusalem comes out of heaven. The heavenly Jerusalem comes out of heaven. So obviously we're not talking about a physical place, okay? Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Okay, before we go any further, we're going to stop and we're going to try to analyze what we just read here, okay? So it says, I, he saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Okay, what is this symbology? What, what, what does this symbolize? Coming down, please don't go up into your, you know, your rooftop looking up into the sky to see if you know, there's going to be some huge you know, city coming out of the sky. That's not what it's referring to. What it's referring to here is the manifestation into the physical of a new kind of society, a new kind of world, a new kind of people. Okay, and this heavenly Jerusalem is the is the society of Jesus Christ, the people of Jesus Christ. That this their essence, their spiritual essence, is going to manifest in their bodies or out of them, and basically they will ooze Christ. Okay, that's what this is talking about here. You'll be able, you will no longer be able to say, you no longer say, "Oh man, I thought this guy was a Christian." Look at the way he's behaving. No, they will ooze the presence of God in the way they walk, the way they carry themselves, the way they talk. That, that aspect of God would manifest in the physical realm here, in the natural realm here. And that is what the Bible calls coming down. Manifesting in the natural world is what the Bible calls coming down. Okay? Going up means going into the spiritual. Okay? All right. So let's, let's um, continue um, our reading. Okay. So I think we're at verse three now. So it says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, notice it says here, the tabernacle of God is with men. Okay, what it's saying here is that the presence of God has now come into the world in full measure. Okay, not in a limited measure, not in a brief manifestation, but he has tabernacled, he has set the earth as his home at this point in time. Okay, which is Jesus himself now permeating everything in nature. Okay, that's what he's referring to here when he says, and God himself shall be with them. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus will permeate everything in creation. Okay, all of creation, all the animals, all the fauna, all the trees, everything, the waters, the rivers, everything will, will, will ooze Christ. Christ will inhabit everything. Okay, verse 4 says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I don't think this needs more elaboration. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, 
I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh and inherit all things, and I will be, let me read that again, verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, what is important here is to understand clearly that the second death is, is, is eternal separation from God. Okay, so it's not like you died and then you're going to die again. The first death is what took place in the Garden of Eden. So remember that that's the first death. Okay, and every human being walks in that until you become born again. But there's a second death. And then from this second death, there's no possibility of redemption. Okay, all right. So, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. That's the heavenly Jerusalem. That's the Lamb's wife. Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. I believe we, we, we spoke about this already, so I won't belabor the point. Okay? Verse 11 says, She having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Okay? So this is talking here about the heavenly Jerusalem. And what did I tell you the heavenly Jerusalem was? It's a group of people, a company of people. It includes all the great scriptural heroes that have gone. Moses, Paul, um, John the Baptist, um, Elijah, Abraham, um, Adam and Eve. All these people and us constitute the heavenly Jerusalem. Okay, And we are all going to become manifested back here. Those of us who are still alive will be transformed and changed to be like them in here, right here on earth. Okay? So I want us to break this down, you know, simply and slowly. Okay? Now, the next thing I want us to take a look at is, as, as it continues, as it continues, you're, as you continue reading Revelation 12, you're going to discover that it has, um, it has um, a consistent re reference to, a consistent reference to the number 12. Okay, and remember we said earlier, a few days ago, that the number 12 is God's number for divine government. Okay, so let's take a look now at how many times you're going to see things referred to as the number 12, which means it's hinting us that this heavenly Jerusalem constitutes God's divine government. Okay, all right, so let's take a, let's, let's, let's continue now. Okay. All right, so from verse 12, it says, It had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Now, by the way, when it says the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, 
please do not think of the children of Israel of the Old Testament. This is talking about the new Israel, the Israel of the New Testament, the Christians. Okay? All right. It says, verse 13 says, on the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. Okay? All right. Verse 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations. We see that 12 again. And in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. When he says the 12 apostles of the Lamb, please do not think of the 12 apostles that you knew in, the, you know, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay? Remember, Judas was one of the 12. Okay, so it can't be talking about those 12. It's talking about those people who have the apostolic gift. Okay, it's using the number 12 symbolically of them. There are thousands of people over the thousands of years that have come that have had the apostolic gift. Okay, so we are built upon the revelation that God gives us, gives the church through them. Okay, so it says they're built, we're built, founded upon, you know, those 12 apostles. The Bible says that we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Okay? All right, verse 15. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lied four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city and the reed. 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. So now, listen here. Let's talk about verse 17. So he measured the breadth, he measured the length, he measured the height of this structure, okay? And he says that it was 144 cubits, okay? The wall was 144 cubits on either side. According to the measure of a man, that is of the angel, okay? So who is the man here? So they, it's, it's saying here that they, they used a particular measuring stick. And the measuring stick was the measuring that was equivalent to the measure of a particular man. That is the angel that he had seen. And remember a few days ago, we had looked at Revelation I think it was the eighth chapter where it said there was an angel that took incense on behalf of the saints. And we shared with you that that angel was Christ. So here you can see again that he's referring to an angel that is a man. Who is that man? It's Christ. Christ is the only man by which God will measure us. That's why Paul says that he's striving for us that we might come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of who? Christ. So the angel there that is the, the standard by which the wall is measured is Christ, okay? All right. So Christ is our standard, not another man, not any pastor, not anybody, but Christ himself is our measure. Okay? That was verse 17. Verse 18 says, And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, and, and like unto clear glass. Verse 19, and the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third, uh, I can't pronounce this word, chalcedony, and the fourth emerald. So it goes on. I'm not going to read all the stones, okay? It goes on, and then all the way down to um, verse 20, the, the twelfth stone is amethyst, okay? So we see 12 different stones again, 
okay, for adornment. We see the number 12 again. We saw, now we're going to go to verse 21. It says, and the 12 gates had 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the city, and the street of the city was of pure gold as it was transparent glass. Okay, so notice here, it says that city had only one street. Okay, now friends, what kind of city have you ever been to that only has one street? That's not a city. I mean, if, if you went, so, I mean, would you call any place that only had one street a city? Of course not. A city has many streets, but this city had one street paved of gold. Friends, can I ask you what you think or who you think this street refers to? Jesus Christ, of course. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. So that city had one way, and that one way was Jesus Christ. No of it had one street, a street of gold, okay? So that, that, uh, that we found in verse 21, okay? Verse 22 says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Okay? Verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Okay? So there was no need for intellectual capability, no need for knowledge, no need for all these things. People were motivated, and we knew everything based on the revelation that God gave us. Okay, that's what that is saying when it says no need of the sun, no need of the moon. It's saying that we have no need of natural intelligence. That doesn't mean we wouldn't have any, okay? Okay, Jesus had it, but still he didn't walk by what he saw. He walked by the revelation of God that God gave him. And that's how you're going to be, all right? Verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Who are the kings of the earth? The Bible says Christ has made us kings and priests unto God. All right? Verse 25. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, friends, I I wanted us to go through this Revelation chapter 21 so we can begin to see or approximate what it's going to be like. So that when you yourself go back to it with some of these keys that you have received today, you can better decipher the message in the revelation, okay? That there's coming a manifestation of people, okay? The Bible says the whole of creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. Those sons of God is what is being referred to as the temple from Jerusalem or, or the heavenly Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, okay? And you see there, it is... It is of people who have met a particular measure of somebody, and that somebody is Jesus Christ. Can you and I do that on our own? Absolutely not. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, has been sent here to help you and I to meet up to the measure of the statue of Christ. So wherever you and I are right now, if you have never received the Holy Ghost, you've ne yes, you've received Jesus Christ, 
but you've never received the Holy Ghost. You remember, I think it's the book of Acts. I think it's the, oh, God help me. I think it's the 15, 16th or 17th chapter. Paul saw some believers and he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we've never, ever heard of any such thing as the Holy Ghost. Is that you? Well, you have heard of him, but do you have the Holy Ghost? Let nobody deceive you. You need the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now you have Jesus Christ. And now you have Jesus Christ, you have life. Always remember, Jesus Christ said, the Son of Man has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So whoever receives the blood of Jesus Christ, whoever receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you receive life, but you don't receive power. I'll say that again. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive life, but you do not receive the power to be all that God wants you to be. That was why Jesus told the disciples to wait, that he would send the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost came, they would receive what? Power. And why is this so important? If you want to make it to this company of people, you are going to need the Holy Ghost to get you there. You're not going to be able to get there by yourself. I'm not saying... Um, remember, we said this is not heaven because it's coming out of heaven. I'm not saying you're not going to go to heaven. I'm saying you're not going to make it into the kingdom without the Holy Ghost. So wherever you are right now, you can receive the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you're all alone in your room right now. You can say to God, Father, please give me the gift of the Holy Ghost that I might have power to become like Jesus and to be that which you have ordained for me to be. It's as simple as that. If you desire it and you want it, you can receive the Holy Ghost. I know you're a Christian. And now listen. Yes, there are lots of people who say they have received the Holy Ghost, but then when you watch their lives, there's nothing about their lives that makes you see that they have the Holy Ghost. You don't have, you don't have to look at them. Look to God, look to Christ, and you will receive the Holy Ghost if you ask of Him. Well, friends, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for listening again. And I look forward to continuing this message with you tomorrow. Remember to go to our website, um, um, templeoftruth.us. Also, go to Emerge, you can go to face, our Emerging Temple handle on Facebook where you can interact with us. Okay, And please remember to share, share, share these videos with your family and friends. Okay, We need to get this work, this work and this word out there because time is running out. Okay? Once more, I want to thank you for your time. I look forward to communicating with you again tomorrow. This is Michael Bear saying goodbye.